Utah Jazz are back. This is Utah Jazz Media Day exclusively on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, live from Jazz Media Day, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's, uh, let's talk a little Utah Jazz basketball, Gordon, and play a little sound from uh, Coach Schneider. Before we do that, can I have like one second of baseball out of Austin? One the playoffs second. are here! One second. It's this. Will Joe Madden end up uh, managing the Philadelphia Phillies? No. Okay. Well, it was one second of baseball. I heard Austin earlier on his show being all optimistic about that, and now he hits us with just Not a about the Phillies. No. Oh, the uh, Phillies. Yeah, I, I thought you were talking about, about oh, oh, I thought you were He's talking about the, the Angels. Angels. Yes, he, yeah, he he'll be with up. the Angels by tonight. <laughs> they already fired Osmus today. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you, I know the Cubs are bummed they didn't make the, the postseason, but he, he, he did all right. He didn't. Well, he won the World Series yes. like a couple of years ago, right? I mean, <laughs> I guess that doesn't buy you much these days, <laughs> it's huh? Old, it's old, old history. Yeah. You, you buckle uh, in a playoff race, and all of a sudden, well, thanks for your services. <laughs> They you more than a, buckled. Do you think a guy like that cares? I mean, he'll he'll have a job inside. That he'll be able to pick his own team practically. And Austin's hoping he picks the Angels. Kind of. Why? You don't like him? Uh, I thought he would. I thought. I think he's a perfect natural fit there. I wonder if it's a little past when it should have happened. Doesn't he have some history with them? Oh yeah, he coached in the system for thirty-one years. Yeah, yeah he's bit. he's there. He was on the staff when they won the World Series. So there's some history there. All right. But can he pitch? Because that's the issue. (laughs) That's what they need? Oh, yeah. All right. And a healthy Mike Trout. By the way, didn't I see, didn't I read somewhere that uh, Mike Trout on jersey sales was like ninth or something on the list? It's funny that you're into baseball when it's just to take shots at me. (laughs) Not really. I it, mean, it Mike is, Trout's great. It is uh, a testament to the to the boring factor. He's he's the Tim Duncan of uh, of baseball. I guess. Well, I think number one is Judge. That's been the case every year for a couple of years now. And I think uh, he who shall not be mentioned is number two because Austin can't stand Mr. Harper. Well, he's not very good at baseball. I don't blame Austin. <laughs> That's he's, the idea, though. He's so lousy at baseball that he's making $150 million a year. See, but he does have uh, – he is not boring, and that should tell you what counts in sports. <laughs> that doesn't hurt. He hasn't been boring throughout his entire career, and he gets all this uh, attention. It's the – you know what it is? It's, it's the LeVar Ball factor. It's like if you're not boring and you command enough attention, somebody out there is going to believe you're better than you actually are. But it comes back to haunt you in some cases because people can see through it. What does he care? He just got paid $300 million. <laughs> Haunting. And the Nationals are making the playoffs and the Phillies are, are staying at home. I know. Bryce got his feelings hurt about that. He was, the National fans were yelling at him. Well... I mean, I'm not going to say he deserved it, but at the same time, you look in that bank account and you say, well, I still won. Yes. <laughs> when in doubt, hit him with your wallet. I still came out on top. So there, there is that. But, yeah, he's, the, he's sinking the Phillies because he's, he's not really he's good. Not, he's not the Phillies problem. Anyway, all right. I didn't mean to turn How do we get one bogged second down? of baseball into five minutes. Uh, let's get to Coach Schneider, shall we? Let's do it. All right, here's what uh, Coach Schneider had to say at the podium today. 
When just given the uh, sheer number of new faces that are with the team this year, what are some of the biggest challenges in terms of building chemistry from the outset? I think, you know, from a coaching standpoint, the, the first thing is to to get to know each player. You, you, you have preconceptions based on, you know, playing against guys. Um, and oftentimes you have a good feel, but there's always layers to that as you as you want to get to know a player and, you know, both personally and, you know, on the court. I, I think from that, you know, the, the interaction that, that players have together in combination, whether it be two guys or three guys, um, you know, kind of finding out ways that they can help each other. And then, you know, you just kind of builds from there as far as, um, you know, combinations and lineups. Those are things that I think it's not a uh, – you know, you're not taking a test at the start of the season. It's just an ongoing process. So, you know, we haven't seen everybody together yet. So it's in some respects, a lot of that's going to be new for us as a staff. And I think for the guys themselves, you know, to the extent that they're getting to know each other and we can try to put them in positions to accelerate that um, and to maximize it and also to be very adaptable when it comes to that. Because I think, um, again, I think you, you find out things as the season goes along. Went along those lines uh, with previous free agents you brought in or in trades and these new guys. How much do you not know about their game until you actually get them in house? You know, it's it's in line a little bit with what um, I was saying before, but I, I think you have to be careful not to make assumptions. You know, there's a baseline, um, and I think play, players. You know, it's like just all of us as people. You know. I'm a different coach today than I was two, three years ago. I happen to be in the same place. Um, but I think players change and mature over time. And then oftentimes when you do go um, to another place or you play with even the guys that are on our team now, you know, maybe different playing with different guys. So um, it, it's hard not to make those assumptions, you know. Um, you can certainly look even statistically, like Ed's a pretty good rebounder. You know, you know that. Um, and But at the same time, you know, you don't want to box people in. Because I think for players, too, um, you know, Mike hasn't played um, with, a, with a center that rolls like Rudy. I mean, so th there's, there's things that you need to see with guys in combination. And I think, um, you know, usually you know it's more addition than reduction as far as finding out more about guys. And then sometimes players, you know, they have, you know, they have ideas about how they want to improve and, and things they want, even, even veteran players. I mean, that, that's something for us that um, we've really tried to be conscious of is, is there's no, you know, you, certainly there's a point where you're, maybe there's not as dramatic a change in your game, but there's nothing that says certain guys, even, you know, as they get older, can't add things to their game. And um, that's something, you know, we want to maximize the group and, particularly, you know, guys that, that are here that we can try to help them get better. And they sometimes they show us that too. How much do you see the style of play, both offensively and defensively, changing with the new additions? I, you know, I, I think that the the key thing on that point, because it's something I've had, you know, you think about it. I think as a coach, you know, every team, you know, is is different. Um, e even sometimes when certain combinations are the same, um, 
just like you, you're certain things you can do against certain opponents. But more specifically, um, our identity doesn't change. You know, we still are a team that baseline wants to be you know, an elite defensive team. And that, that's what we want to work towards. Now, personnel may dictate that you play differently, particularly in certain situations, um, you know, because that's playing to your personnel. We're, we're more, it's more uh, common to think about playing to your personnel from an offensive standpoint. Um, and we'll, we'll try to do that too. I mean, my, my job is to try to, you know, kind of in line with what we were talking about as far as finding out about players, finding out about combinations, and then adjusting uh, to try to w whatever you're doing from a system standpoint to maximize that. But the same thing as I would say on defense and competing and valuing defense, um, we're still going to emphasize transition defense. It doesn't matter who's on the floor, we got to get back. Um, that's the first line of defense. And then offensively, you know, we're a team that's that's been unselfish. And I think you could. Um, that that can apply to to a lot of different things conceptually on offense. You know whether it's somebody taking a good shot, sometimes somebody getting an offensive rebound and kicking it out. Um, you know a high pass to the rim. The, the, all those things manifest themselves, but they may they may look a little differently with different personnel. But I think from a identity standpoint, you know we like who we are and. Um, our, I think our players, you know, even, even though some of the guys that haven't played in competition yet, you know, just from, you know, the way they've played at other places and in contact as we're getting to know them, uh, you know, you, there's some, it's something that they will embrace. I'm confident of that. Looking at uh, Mike Conley coming in and, and being back court partner with Donovan Mitchell, what have you seen? those two mesh together in the offseason? What kind of dynamic are you expecting offensively and defensively from that thing? Well, they, you know, the, the meshing part hasn't happened yet on the floor. Um, Mike, Mike Conley's an elite point guard. You know, I, I think just watching him play, um, being around him, you know, seeing how he interacts. I think, and when I say elite, um, that that manifests itself in a lot of different ways. Um, I, I think certainly on the court, some of the things he does, the feel that he has for a game um, and for players around him is really unique. Um, he impacts the game. He's an excellent shooter. Um, I think he's excited to, to play pick and roll. Um, you know, I'm excited to see him connect with other guys on our team and, and lead. And I think in Donovan's case, um, you have a guy that, in Mike, that's unselfish, but also a, a guy that can play without the ball. I mean, I think because Mike is, is such a, a polished point guard in terms of his efficiency, um, his playmaking, you know his instincts. You like he's come off wide pin downs and screening action. He's able to spot up. Um, you know, and I think as far as there being opportunities for him that will be created by playing with Donovan, um, in addition to opportunities for Donovan playing with Mike. And, and really, you could you could you could say that about Boyan. Um, you know, in Donovan or Mike or Joe, like those combinations. And I, I think that's effective when those guys embrace each other and that's why we talked about the unselfishness you know that you know our ability you know for guys to play together and you know having multiple threats is something that um 
you know, can, can, can really be to our advantage if we play to it. And, and I think that, you know, I think these guys want to play that way. So, Given the number of guys who have had kind of number one experience, so to mm-hmm. speak, on this team, do you, do you look at staggering those lineups? Do you, I mean, do you look at that as an opportunity to, uh, yeah. you know? Yeah, right. It, it's a good question. It, 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 well, first of all, we've got guys that have, I, I don't know how you qualify number one threat. Um, you could talk about it in terms of usage. Um, you know, Mike played with Zach Randolph and Mark Gasol, and if anything, there were times when he deferred. Um, Boyan last year we saw playing with Oladipo. You know, his role, th- those guys have, have ha- they know what it takes to fit in. Um, when I say fit in, it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, defer. It means how can I be most effective? And, um, you know, certainly, um, you know, let's say in Boyan's case, he, he knows who's on our team when he decides to, to come here. You know, he knows Mike's here and Donovan's here and Rudy and Joe and all the guys that have been, you know, at various times, you know, at least the guard's primary ball handler. So um, I think that speaks to the unselfishness that these guys have. And I think, like, I don't want anybody to defer to anybody else. You know, I want us to play in concert. And, and share the ball and, and find out the best opportunity. And I think the fact that you have players that, like, are capable of doing that, you know, if they're unselfish and play to each other and figure out how they can help each other, that, you know, that's something that not only is a positive for our team, but for those guys individually, it's a, it's a fun way to play. I mean, you know, Donovan going in the lane and having – you know, the ability to throw the ball over the top to Mike in the corner, um, in addition to throwing Rudy a lob, um, that, that's a good thing. Boyan spaced and, and driving the ball and, you know, pulling up and making a mid-range shot. Those are, so I think it's up to those guys to figure out how to complement each other. And I do think that's, that's not like a finite thing. Okay, this is what we do. I think game to game. Um, you know, and their willingness to kind of take what is given, um, I think, is a, is a key thing. And for us to recognize what those things are. When you mentioned your, where's your headband? You don't no, have your headband. No, I'm not sweating yet. Yeah, well, okay. maybe after your answer. But um, he wore a headband the other day, and yeah, I embarrassed. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, you mentioned your evolution as a coach over the, over the last you know five years you've been here. Has that impacted the way you? Um, I guess developed your assistant coaches and, and kind of defined roles within your staff. You know, I, I had the a unique opportunity. Um, I was I moved five times in five years from you know Austin to Philadelphia to Los Angeles to Russia to Atlanta and here. And one of the things to me that was always, you know, um, I kind of put as a premium, particularly as a as a as a new head coach was there, was just the you know, how important the cohesion of the staff was. And we've had, you know, a couple of years ago, Igor going to Phoenix this year, uh, Tony Lang getting a great opportunity in Cleveland. The, the, the staff is always evolving. And, you know, whether it's your video room, you know, um, or your, you know, coaching staff proper, I think the key thing that we've tried to do is develop you know, people's to play to people's strengths and help develop, you know, things that they want to improve at. And we're we haven't 
we've had a standard kind of three guys on the bench last year. Um, it was Igor and Johnny and Alex. We'll rotate um, Lamar Skeeter and Vince Lagarza and Zach Guthrie through those spots based on a number of factors, scouting, things like that. So we've, in some ways, we've, you know, and the reason for that is because I think all those guys are really talented coaches. And the key for all of us as a staff, just it's no different than talking about Boyan and Mike and Donovan and Rudy, you know, Alex and Johnny, um, you know, their their leadership roles as they've grown as coaches. Um, and then the guys I just mentioned, their opportunities um, that, that, that are provided as people go. We... I've wanted to promote from within, and that's what we've done. We brought Brian Bailey in from the Stars um, to be on our staff. He's going to be working um, along with Jeff Watkinson. Jeff's um, Jeff's passion and one of his great strengths is player development. Um, he's got a, a unique background in that sense. So, you know, trying to give guys focal areas and while at the same time um, blending a staff together uh, to me it's it's been a big focus for me this offseason to be honest with you and I, I, I think we've had that every year every year with our team I'm really um, you know obviously it's something that's important to me because I'm, I'm talking about it a lot right now um, but I, I think to the extent that we want our team to, to play a certain way. We want our staff to function a certain way. And, you know, those synergies between guys and guys having roles, um, I think is important for our group, uh, for our staff, that is, and also for guys individually. So I'm, I'm really excited about our group. I think we have a very, very talented staff, um, both from an individual development standpoint, from, you know, a tactical standpoint, um, and from a relationship standpoint, um, it's a big thing, especially when you have new players. So That was Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder here at Jazz Media Day. And, boy, he thoroughly covered a lot of ground in all of those uh, comments, Gordon. But uh, specifically, you can tell how important his staff is to him. And when a lot of people talk about the commitment that the Miller family made to the Jazz and made to uh, Dennis Lindsay and Quinn Snyder and everybody, you covered Jerry Sloan and Kevin O'Connor for a, for a long time. And it was Jerry and three assistants, and that's it. Gary Briggs, the trainer, and, you know, that's the room, right? Quinn Snyder, he really values talented assistant coaches when it comes to player development and, and really relies on a number of different guys. And the resources that have been poured into the coaching staff alone are pretty remarkable. And I don't know how if, if a lot of people out there know just exactly how much they've poured into their, their coaching staff. The first, uh, the first time I became aware of that, and I don't know whether it happened before or not, I just wasn't paying much attention, was Mark Cuban. And remember, he was uh-huh. he was hiring all kinds of guys, and it helps, you know. The very obviously, you have one guy who makes the decision at the end, but I, I don't think uh, having too much expertise is a bad thing. So, yeah, so the Jazz have uh, followed that model, and uh, I think it has helped them. One of the things that Quinn talked about there that I th- one of the most interesting aspects to the early part of the season, right from the beginning is what he was talking about with combinations of players, you know? How is that 
he essentially was saying, I'm paraphrasing here, but he essentially was saying that it will take some time to see how guys come together and wh- what uh, what patterns are most useful for the team. When you have a basketball brain like Quinn Snyder does, that is really going to be interesting to watch. It might make the, the preseason more interesting than most preseasons because I yeah. bet there's going to be a lot of tinkering. Yeah. There could I've, be a lot of throwing stuff against the wall, and that and, could be pretty interesting. And you see that sometimes. But uh, here, here's what is interesting: what, how, how the players are used on opening night is far from anything that is written in concrete, you know. Or do you write something in cement? You write it in concrete, or do you write it in cement? Cement, probably. What's the difference between cement and concrete? I don't know. Austin, do you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. Nor is it relevant. <laughs> that might be important for someone to know. But anyway, uh, so how how will it go? I think he's going to use his mind to put certain uh, combinations on the floor, both as starters and uh, off the bench there in the second quarter, that makes sense to that makes sense to him logically. And then will they play out that way? out on the floor and if they don't i think he'll give it a little time and if it doesn't work then he won't i i don't think he'll be too afraid to change things up and the jazz have enough options i think to do that all right we'll let you hear from some of the players mike conley uh coming up right around the corner want to remind you about our friends at action plumbing heating and air they're looking for skilled hvac technicians plumbers and electricians to join the action superhero team paid training health dental benefits and a 401k match call today and join the action plumbing superhero team 801-833-3333 action plumbing joining us now on the big show is our good friend andrew reinhardt from wasatch medical clinic and andrew some of our listeners uh probably uh you know could use a little help uh in in, uh, I guess, rekindling that uh, relationship or that spark, I should say. Yeah, they sure could. A lot of guys struggling with erectile dysfunction out there. And I'll tell you, it can wreak havoc on a relationship real quick. Um, and I think there's a lot of guys suffering in silence. Maybe guys listening right now that have taken the pill uh, don't really have a good solution. They're starting to see that it's having an effect on their relationship. This is so common. And when it comes to erectile dysfunction, things get worse before they get better. Uh, we have a new treatment called acoustic wave therapy. What's so cool about this is that it finally treats the root cause of the problem, which is blood flow. It's a targeted treatment, uh, typically about 10 minutes. We can restore a, uh, the normal function of a man in the bedroom in typically just two to three weeks. So think about that. If you're listening right now, by mid-October, we can probably have you back to normal in the bedroom. You don't have to worry about the medication. You don't have to worry about any side effects. You've got normal function like you were in your younger years. 801-901-8000 is the number to call. And, Andrew, you've kind of taken the risk out of all this for our listeners. We have. We know guys are curious. They're not totally sure if this is a good fit for them. We understand that, and that's okay. Pick up the phone and call us right now. Those that do will be given an initial medical analysis exam. We'll also do a blood flow ultrasound to check for any blockages in flow. Um, there's no obligation. There's no strings attached to this. It's normally a few hundred dollars. Call us right now. We will do it totally free. 
Thank you very much, Andrew. 801-901-8000. Give them a call right now. Find out what Wasatch Medical Clinic can do for you. 801-901-8000. We'll have more Big Show coming up straight ahead. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. That was an incredible night for Tyler Huntley, and that's a night that he will always remember, and those that witnessed it and watched it are going to always remember that game. 334 yards, two TDs, all the different throws. Can't tell you how many times he got out of contact or sack, able to evade it. Big, physical quarterback that can move, and the other things you can see he knows when to tuck it and run, and when to let it fly. And he had a couple of plays throughout that game. In a previous season, he takes off and runs. Stead, eyes downfield, big connection down the field. He's still running with such athleticism and violence, but making the right split-second correct smart decision to get his head down and hit the ground safely. I'm very, very impressed with Tyler Huntley right now. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5-1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. You're locked on to Utah Jazz Media Day coverage on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. That's right. Live from Jazz Media Day, big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Want to remind you about our friends at Zero Res. Back to school, time to get back to clean. Schedule your post-summer carpet cleaning with Zero Res today. Just $33 per room. Pre-treated, cleaned, and Zero Resified. Easy online scheduling. Search Zero Res Carpet Cleaning. Gordon, let's uh, let's hear from a couple of players. We're going to let you hear from Rudy and Donovan at the top of the five o'clock hour. Uh, we'll let you hear from uh, Dennis Lindsay and Justin Zanuck coming up at five thirty. Uh, but now we're going to hear from uh, a newcomer and an old friend. As we're going to hear from Mike Conley and from Joe Ingles. Uh, and you think uh, you made the pronouncement earlier in the show today, Gordon? You think uh, Ingles will be even better this year than he was last? I do. He'll be his effect will be a little different, but he'll he'll. Uh... His, I I don't know how exactly to say this. I, I I think he will be more efficient. He's he will make bigger shots. And I think his his shooting percentages are going to go up because I think he's going to get more open. Yeah, open. Yeah, looks. Well, that's part of the reason I'm saying it. Well, yeah, because I mean they they just draped a defender over Joe all of last season, and he's not. You know, he can do some nice things, but create his own shot in a one on one situation is not his strength. So. Not usually. Uh, however, this year defenses have so many other concerns at the offensive end that uh, Joe cannot be draped. You would think so. All right, here's uh, Joe Ingles alongside Mike Conley. This question's for Mike. Mike, you came to Utah with so much playoff experience, both both just as a player and on, in Memphis. I My question is, like, now that you're on the Jazz, what similarities do you see between those Memphis days when they, when they were at the height of their abilities and this Jazz team? Um, well, I think, one, the principle of defense is, is really huge here. Um, in Memphis, that was something we, we hung our hat on. Um, we know that's something that you can that can travel in the playoffs and and when you're playing you know not so well or you know not making shots defense will, will get you through and um, the depth I think depth is another thing we don't rely we didn't rely on one or two guys uh, we relied on just the, the team aspect of it and um, got different you know performances from different guys each night so um, here I feel like we have similar qualities a lot of guys that can, we can lean on um, which makes it you know pretty hard to defend. 
Both of you are unique, Mike. I know that changes this year, but you've played your whole careers with one team. What's the general familiarity with other players in the league when you haven't played with a lot of different players around the league? Like with each other, how well do you know each other coming in day one? I don't like Mike at all. <laughs> nah. I think you, I mean, I think you just get to know guys. I've only been, it's only my sixth year where Mike's obviously been around a hell of a lot longer than me. <laughs> um, but you just, you, you get to know guys, you get to know guys through other guys. Um, me knowing Mark a little bit better, you get to, I got to know Mike a little bit, playing against him and talking a little bit. But, um, I mean, it's never the same as what you do when you obviously get to play with somebody. So, um, yeah, we're excited for all our, our new additions and, and get this get this year started. Mark, uh, you're asked to bring, beside uh, a veteran uh, quality and, and your uh, point guard skills, leadership to this team. Can you talk about that and what your skills are in terms of being a leader and how you hope to bring that to this team and help you uh, make, to, make it to the next level? Um, you know, really... I'm just coming to be myself. Uh, I'm not going to try to come in and, and be overwhelming or take over the room because these guys have played together for a while. And, and Donovan's turned into a great leader. Joe's a great leader. Rudy, all these guys lead in different ways. Um, in my particular way, it just might be a little bit different. So I might just, you know, I demand a lot out of myself, which means I demand a lot out of the team in, in the same aspect. So, um, I, I basically just practice what I preach. I, if I, you know, want guys to be in early or, um, you know, just be more professional, I got to be showing that as well. I'll be the first one, or you know, in the gym or whatever I have to do to, to, to you know, let everybody know, you know, where I stand, and, and that's how I've always been. And uh, like I said, it's, it's just easier because I, I can just be myself, and um, we got great coaches and great leadership there, so it's, it's it should be pretty easy. Yeah, Mike, uh, a lot of people are excited to watch you and Donovan Vigil in the backcourt. What excites you most about playing alongside him, and what are you expecting in that backcourt? Um, well, it's, it's exciting. I mean, he's, you know, very talented, probably one of the more talented guys I've had a chance to, to have as a teammate. And, um, and he's just so selfless at the same time. You know, he's a guy that makes plays for a lot of people. Uh, can take over games and, um, and for me just to be able to sometimes just watch uh, just be in a corner and just watch it happen will be fun and um, and it should be just a, a, a fun ride for everybody for everybody Tony Jones back here Joe um, yes. <clears throat> given <laughs> Mike wanted to answer all the questions today. We, were, we were trying thank you given your World Cup responsibilities I mean is there are there any fatigue concerns in the preseason is there any is there are there any load management um, you know, in your future especially in the preseason not in the regular season but just in the preseason um, I only landed 36 hours ago so I'm fatigued either way right now um, but I, I haven't obviously sat down with um, that kind of medical staff yet to, to work that out or, or if there is going to be. Um, obviously, like Mike said, with the depth of our team, I think we can, um, even during the regular season, use it at times um, if guys need a, a break at, at some point. And um, I guess for me, with the national team, I've done it every year since I was 17. So it's not really... Um, too different for me um, but obviously there, there's going to be times that, that things might need to be um, looked at but yeah I don't I'm, there's zero concern from my end of that 
Mike, Dennis Lindsay was in here earlier, and he referred to you as a Pied Piper, kind of intimated that you might have been out recruiting, trying to land some guys in the summer. That right. What, what, <laughs> what, did, what, what, did you, what did you do? How do you, how do, you do that? How did you try to help the team? I, honestly, I, I guess I don't know. Um, I, I've had a lot of relationships with guys throughout the, you know, my career, and whether playing against them or with them on the same team. And um, once I found out I was coming here, Obviously, he was I, so excited to I play was, with me. Yeah, I was. It really was Joe. Joe was the main reason. He was the first one to text me, so I was excited. But uh, just wanted to, you know, I just want to win, and and I just thought of, you know, whoever they're looking at, um, let me know, and you know, whatever I can do to help, whether it's text or calling the guys if I know them, and just having to be, you know, Jeff and guys like Ed and and Emmanuel, you know. Um, you know, I give them a call and see what they see where their minds at, and, um, and tell them if they want to win and be a part of a good culture. You know, you know, I feel like this is the place to be, and um, you know, they all bought in. I'm Julie Jag. I'm from the Salt Lake Tribune. Um, so the NBA has the new rule about uh, heights and verifying heights, uh, sizing up Five, your new, yeah. <laughs> sizing up your new teammates. Uh, is there anybody that you think particularly might uh, have a chance to either gain or lose some inches? Look at that thing on the top of his head. He gained about six inches. Yeah, you're right. I was six nine, so I'm a six nine backup point guard. So. <laughs> I think I'm the same height as, I, as I'm listed. I don't know about Donovan, though. Donovan's definitely small. <laughs> Have you been that like, through high school, like through, through your younger years? Is that always something? I've been I've been around six one, so I might give or take the day or the hair, you know, just <laughs> around there. Question for John. With, with all the new additions, including yourself, Mike, um, what kind of uh, Offensive and defensive versatility. Do you think the Jazz are capable of this year? Well, I, we definitely have a lot of options. Um, I think we have a, a team, like we mentioned earlier, that <clears throat> with our depth and guys who play both sides of the ball, um, allows us to get into a lot of different schemes and a lot of different plays that other teams might not be able to do. Um, which is exciting, you know. We can let Joe guard point guards like he's guarded me his whole, you know, his whole career. Um, you know, and, and I can guard whoever, you know. So it just depends. You have so many different options, and people can do different things. And um, and it's exciting when you have that versatility. And uh, offensively, you know, when a guy like Rudy rolling down the middle, and and you know, four playmakers and shooters around, um, and most times will, I think, change the game a little bit for everybody. Mike, what did you know or what was your impression of Quinn Snyder as a coach before uh, you came here? And, and what have your impressions been since you've been able to, to connect with him a bit? Uh, in regards to coach, I always thought he was a great coach. Um, I didn't know him well, obviously, until the summertime. And um, he's really intense. You know, he really knows his stuff. Um, when he tells you he's going to talk to you for five minutes, it might <laughs> be like an hour. But um, I've learned that. You know, over the summer, and but it's great, man. He's just constantly thinking of ways to improve uh, the team himself uh, as a coach, and I think it'll be good for me, um, you know, to I've, I, to have a guy like that who's just looking at me and trying to make me a better pl person and player every day. And I know he does that for the rest of the team. 
All right, that was Mike Conley and Joe Ingles. We're live from Jazz Media Day, the big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. want to let you know that all of today's sound, uh, both uh, one-on-ones with uh, us here at The Zone and the station and the podium sound, we're getting up at 1280thezone.com so you can uh, download to your heart's content. And why wouldn't you? And why wouldn't you? You know, one thing he said there, uh, Mike Conley, he was asked – about combinations with the Jazz and how that'll all come together. And he said that he's he was going to love having Rudy Gobert dive into the basket and then having playmakers and shooters uh, all around him. Isn't that a point guard's dream? You'd think so, yep. Uh, I mean, you can you can take put the ball anywhere you want. And Quinn Snyder was talking, he was stressing that unselfishness thing. And Mike Conley is an unselfish player. And when you are an unselfish player, although he did average 21 points a game last year, that when he looks around and sees all these different options, that's not what the Jazz have had in the past. And we're going to see how it works out now and how things change. And I I think it's fascinating, and you can you can hear he's excited about it too. Well, think about it. last year, Ricky Rubio. If he's looking around for an open shooter, and and meanwhile he's got nobody within five feet of him, well, you know that's not a great sign. It, Mike Conley's going to have somebody on him, but he's gifted enough to find the other player. I mean, it's hard to find other players when uh, when you got that kind of issue where people know they don't have to honor your shot quick not sports port coming up right around the corner we'll have donovan mitchell and rudy gobert for you at the top of the five o'clock hour stay tuned live from jazz media day the big show gordon monson jake scott 97.5 and 1280 the zone this is tony parks and austin horton that was an incredible night for tyler huntley and that's a night that he will always remember and those that witnessed it and watched it are gonna always remember that game 334 yards two tds all the different throws can't tell you how many times he got out of contact or sack able to evade it big physical quarterback that can move and the other things you can see he knows when to tuck it and run and when to let it fly and he had a couple of plays throughout that game in a previous season he takes off and runs instead eyes downfield big connection down the field he's still running with such athleticism and violence, but making the right split-second correct smart decision to get his head down and hit the ground safely. I'm very, very impressed with Tyler Huntley right now. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. It is Monday, so that means it's time to get a winner for the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Be caller 12 right now, 855-340-ZONE. And correctly identify the Chevy Strong Play of the Game as announced by DJ and PK this morning at 8.50. And you'll win a zone prize pack. It's the Chevy Strong Play of the Game brought to you by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. All right, Gordon, it's time to get to the Not Sports Report brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. Uh, we'll have Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert for you coming up at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. But until then, Gordon, where are we going today? We're going to Georgia. The Peach State. Taking the midnight train. All right. All right. This is uh, a story about a Georgia woman who was at a Texaco station. Minding her own business, pumping gas into her car, like you do. Right? Okay. And her vehicle was one of those cars that, uh, you know, you keep the key in your pocket and you push the button. Okay. 
So she's pumping gas, and what happens is some stranger, man, jumps into her car and starts pushing the start button. Okay. And is struggling to do so. And she was just, well, I say, mind your own business. We've all been there. You know, you're pumping the, the gas into your car. And uh, she didn't know what to do because she could tell he was trying to steal the car. So what do you think she did? Um, I don't know. She sprayed him with gas. Now that's pretty hilarious. She used the nozzle. She just took it out of the out of the the uh, gas tank there. And sprayed the and guy. Just sprayed the guy with gas. <laughs> <laughs> this is what she said. Uh, I took the gas nozzle and I just started spraying him. He eventually got out of my car and left. <laughs> so. A couple more aspects to the story. First of all, is that a good idea? I mean, what was that stupid movie uh, when in that scene when you know the male model movie with uh, uh, Zoolander? Zoolander, and they, remember that scene when they're spraying gas all over each other. I mean, first of all, would you want gas sprayed all over the inside of your car, or would you rather have somebody steal your car? You could. Gas eventually that smell goes away, right? It does. I don't know. I know you you get accidentally get some gasoline on your hands when you're filling up, yeah, or whatever, and you smell like gas it. for the entire <laughs> like. Next well, she's week. she's pumping the gas into this guy's face. It's pretty hilarious. <laughs> so the guy has had enough of that, right? So he jumps out of the car and runs away. But this is like Cinderella. He left one of his shoes behind in the car. Oh, he did. <laughs> Whoops. How did that happen? I just slipped off his foot. Oh, if someone was pumping gas in the air all over you, you'd, I mean, you'd probably jump out of your shoe, too. But now the police have the shoe. <laughs> so what are they going to do? It's like a scene out of Cinderella, right? You They're look, looking for Prince Charming? Look for the guy, I guess. Does he, it fit? He probably, you know, he's going to probably have a tough time getting that gas stink off him. You could probably <laughs> sniff him out. You know what I mean? So now he's got gas all over him. She's got gas all over her car, but she has her car. But she has her car. She has her car. So I I don't know. I thought, I'm trying to decide whether that was a good idea or not. I, mean, I kind of like it. <laughs> Boy, I tell you, I would hate getting sprayed with gas, wouldn't you? That would not be fun. If you were going to make a list of the things you wouldn't want, you know, nozzled onto you, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying gas that stays with you a while. Yeah. There's other things I wouldn't want to be sprayed by, though. Like what? Acid? <laughs> There's <laughs> one? <laughs> yeah. There there you go. Okay. Well, they're looking for a, a man who smells like gas. And if his foot fits the shoe, then they'll know they got their guy. All right. We're going to let you hear from Donovan and Rudy coming up right around the corner. But joining us now, our friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. And, uh, Andrew, there's probably a lot of guys out there that are embarrassed by this sort of problem. And uh, they shouldn't be because a lot of guys go through it. And you guys have a great treatment for it. We do. And you're exactly right. When it comes to erectile dysfunction, guys are embarrassed. They think I'm probably the only one struggling with this this issue. Well, I can guarantee you that you are not the only one. Uh, you may come into our clinic and see a lot of people of young and older ages. Um, it can wreak havoc on a relationship, and ED is something that finally can be fixed. 
Uh, we have a breakthrough treatment called acoustic wave therapy. It's breakthrough because it does not require the medication. There's not a pill that you have to take. There's no side effects that you have to deal with. It's been clinically shown and FDA cleared, by the way, to increase blood flow and open up the blood vessels in this part of the body. That means that we can restore normal function with typically just a few treatments over about a two to three week period. So, you know, here we are at the beginning of October almost. By mid, maybe end of October, you can throw those pills away, not have to worry about the injections, restore normal function, and of course, not deal with any more nasty side effects. And you're taking out all of the risk for our listeners. They can get it checked out and uh, find out if it's right for them. They can. Uh, We have an initial analysis. This is done by a medical doctor, by the way. This is not a chiropractor or a nurse. The MD will sit down with you for about 30 minutes. He'll go through your situation. We'll do a blood flow ultrasound to check for any blockages in the blood. Now, normally this is about 300 bucks. Uh, We know guys are embarrassed and they're not sure if this is the right move for them. Give us a call right now. We will do that initial analysis totally free. There's no strings attached. There's no sales pitch. You can come in and just find out if it's a good fit for you. Call us right now. It'll be $0. Here's that number, 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Give them a call. Find out what Wasatch Medical Clinic can do for you. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, Jake. All right, we'll have more coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.